The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. Good morning. You're listening to Get the Funk Out. I'm Janine. Try singing along with that one. I couldn't quite get the lyrics, but I thought it was kind of cool. Uh, it caught my eye this morning in the studio. It's it's uh, by this group, Funkaholics Unanimous, off of their CD, Beats Boogie. And uh, that was track three, Beat Control to Major Funk. I might have to listen to another track a little later on. And uh, first up on today's Get the Funk Out show is Dan Warren. I'm just waiting for him to call in. Hold on a second. And uh, let me tell you a little bit about him. He's an accomplished actor of stage and screen. He's currently starring in the world premiere of the new one-act play, God, the Early Years, produced by Emily O'Meara and the Renegade Theater, written and directed by six-time Emmy nominee Saul Ilson. He also starred in the L.A. premiere of Mark Fink's Smart People and the New York stage premiere of Behind Closed Doors, the musical. That's a a visionary tale tied politically to the controversial California Prop 8. So let's pause for a bit. I'm sure he'll be calling in any minute. Again, I'm Janine. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. We are back. I'm Janine. This is Get the Funk Out. Uh, That was one more track from that CD I just mentioned, Funkaholics Unanimous. It obviously caught my eye because my show is Get the Funk Out. That was track six, Funkophony, off of their CD Beats Boogie. All right, so Dan is standing by, Dan Warren, to join us, and let's bring him on. Good morning, Dan. Good morning, Janine. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I actually love Thanksgiving. It's one of my favorite holidays. It's... uh, just a nice time to chill out. How was your holiday? It was wonderful. I had uh, two different uh, households to, uh, to to go uh, take advantage of. That's nice. <laughs> some very good friends that actually live very close by to each other, so it was uh, extremely simple for me. That's nice. And uh, and I'm still recovering, of course, from uh, <laughs> the, uh, the OD of food, as it were. I know. Thanksgiving hangover, not the yep, alcohol, the, the food hangover. <laughs> I wanted to back up for those who don't know about your career. Uh, okay. Give, give me a, a taste of how you got involved in acting. Well, I, uh, I actually have a degree in theater from UC Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and back then, um, <clears throat> I, uh, as far as voiceover goes, because that's one of the things I do quite a bit of, um, as far as voiceover goes, uh, it kind of started even back then where I was helping people out with projects, uh, lending a voice to uh, narration for different things. And, um, That's great. I've always been interested, even when I was a little kid. I mean, elementary school, when the teacher would say, who wants to read? I would always be jumping up and down going, I do, I do. So probably was just like, please notice me, perhaps. But anyway, well, um, I enjoyed it very much, and, and it's uh, come full circle in that regard. And voiceover is really interesting because there's so many different types of projects, from games to 
anything, film, TV. Tell me about some of the things you've worked on that have been really exciting. Well, there's there's so much fun. As, as you said, it's such a wide range of things now that, that's available to, to an actor to uh, to be able to uh, voice, if you will. And, and uh, I've done anything from from doing, I had a, a Walla group, which for those who are listening, that's the people that come in after a movie or a TV series have been filmed and, and supply the background voices and um, sometimes yelling and screaming if there's a, mm-hmm. if it's a, an action feature of that kind or the, uh, the sounds of someone being shot or being punched or, yes. you know, running or whatever else. And so uh, I, I've done that off and on for decades now, and it's it's quite a bit of fun to uh, to to do that and to work on a you know a, a big budget film or so with a huge crowd scene sometimes you blow your voice out by yelling and screaming so much but right. but it's still quite a bit of fun because you you take that for granted when you go to watch watch these things on either on television or on a big screen but all those voices in the background were put in afterwards yes um, and it's it's that's just a another you know thing that you can do within this business but uh, I've worked on quite a few video games I've been doing anime uh, work for anime is Japanese animation. I've been doing that for over twenty five years, and uh, that's exciting. That's a long time. Yeah, it's it, you kind of uh, uh, evolve a little bit in that, and certainly your voice gets a little older, I guess. But mm-hmm. um, but your abilities hopefully increase, and the more types of voices that you can do, whether it's with accents or being able to have more of a range of pitching your voice higher, lower, or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, enables you to to have. Uh, more more work opportunities, and especially for women, those that can do sounds that 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 are voices that sound like uh, younger children. Um, that that's a, a great uh, opportunity too, if they if they can do that, because that's most of the times when you're listening to to kids on, on these shows, it's it's not really a kid; it's an adult that, that has a kid voice. I mean, sometimes right. you're specific to that, but uh, but that's just another another angle. Yes. Um, and, you know, it's so funny. Um, I mentioned to you that I do voiceover and uh, I'm mm-hmm. also an actress as well. And, you know, sometimes you think you're never going to get a job that you audition for and that's the one you get. I mean, you yeah. just, it's so surprising. It's a strange thing. Well, that's it. I mean, one of the, the, the natures of the business is that you have to develop a tough skin to the the audition syndrome of auditioning and not getting it. Auditioning mm-hmm. and not getting it. Yes. You know, and it's it's a, it's a constant... Uh, feeling of rejection but you have to be able to to recognize that that it's usually not you right. that it's it's not something you did horribly badly or that you're, you're not good at what you do but there's so many other variables as to why you're hired whether it's on camera or for voiceover so mm-hmm. you just develop the the ability to to go finish that audition and move on to the next and not dwell on it and worry about what you did right wrong or uh, incorrectly or I could have done this better. Yeah, well, you, you need to do that at that moment, and you, you can't beat yourself up about it beyond then. But as yes. you said, you just sometimes you never know. Um, there's there's one company that I I probably worked with twice, but other than that, every time they send me an audition, I send or send me an opportunity to audition. I, I send back my audition, and I don't book it most of the time. And I never and they <laughs> oh, we love you. And yeah. like, well, then hire me for right. Granola. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's just one of those things you just you don't know. It's it's a bit of a crapshoot, and yes. so ideally yeah. your your job as the actor is to audition because mm-hmm. once you get cast in the role, then it's then it's playtime. It's it's right. certainly work, but you just you love it to death. But the hard part is the audition, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it's that's, it's your that's entry. your job. Yes, 
And once you get in, you just have to be able to go with the director's feedback and change according to what they're they're looking for, or give them oh. things they didn't imagine. No, absolutely right, because a lot of the time they don't know what they want until you show them, right? So to speak, and um, that is that is a great thing too, as you said to to when you're on the set or wherever you're at. Do you be the, the kind of person that they want to work with? That you're not that difficult person that they tell other people about and never hire again. Right. Um, yeah. You can you can lose a job simply by your attitude, no matter how talented you are. So it's very important that you, you do your best to be on the set as a as a person that they want to have around. It's something they love to bring back because that's what in in the, the times periodically where I'm casting for something it doesn't happen that often, but it does come up where I'm looking for people and. And you want to be in the studio with people that you want to be in the studio with. That's right. Bottom line, yeah. you, you don't want to have to to babysit or always be dealing with a, with an issue or whatever else, whether it's attitude or you know, any number of possibilities. So, so that's it's very yes. important to to have the right attitude on set, as you're saying. You know, what I was going to ask you. The theme of this show is get the funk out, and you know, as an actor, I'm sure you go through highs and lows, and but you sure. you have this resilience. So, could you give advice or speak to that about how you've dealt with some of these, you know, funks, perhaps? Well, just going back just for a second to to what I was saying as far as as far as being able to audition and then move on. Mm-hmm. I think that is one of the most important things to do because yes. you can. You can beat yourself to death about what you think you should have, could have, would have done on that audition, but the audition's oh, yeah. over with. Right. There's not anything else you can do but but learn from that, hopefully, and move forward. But you can't dwell and go, gosh, if they're going to call, I hope they call. Jesus, what they haven't called yet. It's been a couple <laughs> more days. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's like dating. It. <laughs> yeah, it is, exactly. Are they going to call me back? What's up? I, yeah. Um, so so for, for that that's one thing that, that I think is really important, and as far as as far as getting the funk out and moving on, it's like have some other things you can do. Uh, get a life, if you will. Yeah, um, exactly. Don't don't be buried in your career unless you want to be there, and it, it, it serves you well to do that. Yeah. But generally speaking, have other things that you can do and be focused on. Right. To to sound. Uh, um, now, what would be the term? Uh, I guess just to. To look at the the big picture, you can do any efforts to help anybody else out in it. Right, right. That I, that is such a key to to not worrying about your own problems, or your own stress, is to to make an effort to help other people, because then it takes your mind off of that, and maybe you have a better perception of of the world, as it were, uh, from other people's standpoints. Yeah, and you can grow from that. I, Go ahead. I agree because I think when you you step away from whatever situation you're in, you do something, maybe it's, uh, as you said, helping others, or maybe it's writing or something else, that things start to happen. I mean, you can't micromanage this. You just have to let things just settle and be and step away and have perspective. No, it's very true. And and as far as, uh, you know, other things to do, theater in, in, in L.A., there's, there's a lot of, of, uh, of theater that, that's not very much pay, Mm-hmm. But it is an opportunity. There's a lot of theater companies. There's a lot of shows that are constantly auditioning for people. Most of them non-union shows, not equity, but still, okay. it's the opportunity for me. I I love doing theater, and and I'm almost always doing something uh, or looking for something to do in that regard. Because even if I'm not working on camera, I'm working and right. I'm and I'm doing something to to keep keep my uh, my abilities honed a, a little bit and, and to continue yes. learning and to make sure I can still memorize things and sure. all of that. Sure. Um, and that, that to me is, is just a marvelous opportunity, and especially because it, 
it really doesn't cost you much except in time. Right. So if you want to go out and get some training, you can you can do a show. You have the opportunity to audition. There's 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 so many things going on through uh, Actors Access, which is one of the uh, right. online services that you can sign up for. It's not very expensive. It's seventy five dollars a year, maybe or a little yeah, less. Something like that. And then you that. have an opportunity to audition for numerous things that come up, mm-hmm. both plays and and other projects. So. No, that's great. So I do want to touch on the two plays in L.A. that you yeah. are in. Well, I'm in. I'm in one right now. Okay. Um, it's called uh, "God: The Early Years: uh, Satan's Tell-All Memoir," <laughs> and it's, it's as if Satan has written a book and is going on a book tour, basically. And so, uh, <laughs> it's it's somewhere between the, the forty-five of the forty-five minutes to an hour long, and it's a two-character play, and it's it's a comedy. Uh, it's not it's not the 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 heavy bad devil necessarily. It's just the devil tongue in cheek, as mm-hmm. it were, and. Just telling stories about how things evolved, where things came from, kind of illuminating the potential of uh, understanding more what happened back back in the good old days, if you will. <laughs> um, so it's quite a bit of fun, and, and I have never done a two-person show before that I can recall. And so just the, the, the challenge of that, in that mm-hmm. you walk on stage and you're there and you don't go anywhere else. Right. You don't go off stage. You don't have ten minutes to look at your lines later on in between scenes. You don't. You, no. No. Uh, it's there, and and so that's that's all wonderful. And there's there's some audience interaction, which is a lot of, a lot oh, of fun, fun too. It's breaking the fourth wall and being able to talk to people and. That's um, And yeah, I'm just uh, I'm loving it. We've gotten some good reviews, and and it's just been a nice challenge for me. And and uh, the gentleman that wrote it, uh, Saul Ilson. Mm-hmm. Saul has been writing for. Jeez. Uh, 40, 50 years at least. He's received wow. six nominations for six Emmy Awards, and Impressive. he goes back to the yeah. He goes back to the Smothers Brothers the oh, Comedy yeah. Hour back in the '60s, and and even before that. And he's been a studio head, and and so he's a he's a great guy to bounce things off of, and 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 he's got a very good comedy mind, and he's been very uh, collaborative with this, which was generous. I love so, it. I love it. Yeah. Tell so me quite about, a bit of fun. Uh, Go ahead. I want to ask you, what play was the most successful for you, and, and why? I, I guess on a few levels. I, I Last year I did a show in New York. Uh, the Fringe Festival is a, oh, yes. uh, a theater festival that goes on. I think it originated in, in Scotland. And um, there's there's a Fringe Festival in Los Angeles now, and there's the Fringe Festival L.A. Excuse me, Fringe Festival New York. And so uh, a play that was originally done here um, called Behind Closed Doors as a workshop in 2011, um, and it, it's a musical, it's an original musical, and it stems from uh, the Proposition 8 uh, trying to uh, not give uh, the uh, gay population the... It was Proposition 8, I'm sorry, my brain suddenly went That's dead okay. on me. 8 um, um, was relations to uh, marriage, I believe. Was That's that? right. That's right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Forgive me. Um, and anyway, uh, the, uh, the uh, author of the play and... Uh, and the composer got together uh, with that that concept in mind and came up with a dystopian uh, society in the future where the right wing has basically taken over and taken away all liberties uh, uh, unless you uh, as long as you go along with what they say and so that uh, no one uh, you have to get uh, the proper papers to to start a relationship and mm-hmm. and there's an order of things and you're you're not allowed to kiss in the beginning and and there's no smoking there's no drinking uh, there's a curfew at night it's a very much in subjugation, and especially if, if you happen to be gay, then uh, you have two options. Uh, you can be rehabilitated or you can be hanged till you're dead. Wow. So it's it's not a pretty place to hang out. No. Um, and there's a, a cabaret 
that uh, that once a week they put on a show that's subversive by government standards because there's references to sex, there are gay people in the cast, there are things that should not be happening according to government standards. Mm-hmm. So the government is try- trying to find these people because they have to change venues each week. But there's a there's a big population behind them to you know support their thoughts and ideas. Right. So I, I play the uh, the head of the, the Secret Service, if you will, the, the man in charge of trying to track down all these subversives. Oh, wow. So it's a wonderful <laughs> role. And, and the thing about it for me was the fact that I got to go to New York to do this as well. Lucky and you. I was one of five cast members that, that you know, were asked to do that. And um, I've never gone to New York to do a show. And so oh. the opportunity was just like, Bam! It happened immediately, and, and instead of really trying to think it out and go, well, what am I? You know, no, this no. time I'm going to be away for six weeks, and what am I going to do? I just did it. Good, exciting. I just I didn't know where I was going to stay. I went through Airbnb. It was just for me. It was just a tremendous opportunity to grow and just to get out there and do something scary, and and it was a success. It was mm-hmm. a it was a phenomenal you know six weeks. Um, it's great, exciting. great response. Yeah, great response to the show, and and, and and along the way, I had you know fascinating things happen. Like uh, I had a, a blood clot on my jugular vein that came out of nowhere, and That's I was in the emergency room. Oh. Yeah, that was pretty exciting. Um, I uh, could have died, and um, oh. so I was in the emergency room for a few days after we opened. At the Fringe Festival, you have a weird oh. schedule. We'd open on a on a Saturday, and our next show wouldn't be for eight days. Oh, that is weird. So, yeah, it's very odd, and so you, you just had, never know. You had, excuse me, you had time to end up in the emergency room. That's all. Right, I did. I came in there on a Wednesday, and, uh, you know, it was fascinating. Oh. I, uh, I had something wrong, wrong with my neck. It was sensitive, and there was a little, you know, it was bulging out a little on the side. I was like, what is this? And I took a picture of it and sent it to my ENT in Burbank, who called me and said, um, are you near an emergency room? I said, um, oh. I don't know. I'm in New York. Uh, so, um Basically, I had to have a sonogram done, and that's when they determined that that was indeed what was going on. Oh, my gosh. So I was given a, a blood thinner drip and all this, but the, the best part was, as, as I was being admitted, I said, um, listen, I, I have, this is Wednesday. I said, I, I have a show that I'm doing here, and um, it's on Sunday, yeah. so I need to be out of here by Saturday afternoon. <laughs> Hurry it up. <laughs> and I, I, that's, this is the bottom line. I, I have to be there, because if I'm not there, there is no show, right. and that's not good, and there's a lot of people that that would affect. Mm-hmm. And um, and they said, mm, don't think so. And um, oh, no. so I basically said, I'm a Buddhist and I can change things and I will be out. And I did and I am and I'm out. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so so they were able to release me uh, at one o'clock on on Saturday, just as I had envisioned. Perfect. And, uh, we did the show on Sunday. And it was the best show ever. Um, so it was it was quite an amazing experience. I just I, I loved it because it challenged me on so many levels of just. You know, being willing to, to uproot myself and go somewhere for six weeks and not know anybody, you know, basically right. there and know where I'm staying or anything. And so that was just tremendous. But New York is the most exciting city. I grew up there. It's so exciting. Yeah, yeah the, the the one thing that that I noted, the difference is so dramatic, is that it is, it is a place where you can walk and you can take your subway, your trains or whatever. Right. But walking is something that I did so much of there. Mm-hmm. And then when I came back to L.A., Within, you know, like two days after I'd gotten back, I, I went somewhere in, in Santa Monica that I was going to go, you know, that I was looking for a parking space in front of the of the building, and there wasn't one, so I drove a half a block down and, and determined that that was too far <laughs> to walk. And I went, whoa, no, 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 no. Get, it was just, it was an immediate change of mind. Of and, and yeah. It's so crazy. And, and now I've still, I've held with that sense of it's, it's okay to walk six blocks. It's not a big deal. It's nothing. Right. 
and it's so much better for you. So I, I that, that was one thing I took away from New York in a very positive way. It's like, this is great. I'll walk. Oh, that is funny. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah. I want to find out uh, if you could share the info on how people can get tickets and more information sure. about your show. Yeah, there's actually only four shows left for uh, God, the Early Years, uh, and um, the tickets are on Gold Star right now, goldstar.com, mm-hmm. uh, God, the Early Years, and they're actually uh, half price right now, which is uh, $10 a ticket. And the theater is the Renegade Theater, which is located in West Hollywood, uh, literally just down the street from the Guitar Center on Sunset. Uh, it's I think the address is fifteen fourteen Gardner okay. Street. Um, show is at eight p.m. on Thursdays and six p.m. on Sundays. As I said, it lasts somewhere between forty five minutes and an hour, depending on how long I talk. I guess. All right. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it, it's a fun show. There's some great places to eat uh, right close by there. There's uh, a couple of uh, very nice Thai restaurants. Uh, Toy T O I, which is just up the street, and there's uh, the uh, El Compadre, it's a, a Mexican restaurant across the street on Sunset that has amazing margaritas. And so there's a few nice places to eat in the Mount of Tunis restaurant, which you can eat uh, delicious Moroccan food with your hands. All right, you're making <laughs> me hungry. Stop, there I go. Stop, well, it's stop. the morning. It's <laughs> breakfast. Yeah. I've been up a long time. I'm getting hungry. Stop. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, before we wrap up, because we have a few more minutes. Yeah. Um, well, I did touch on the fact that my theme is get the funk out. And mm-hmm. do you have some advice for people that are... You know they're in the acting industry. It's it's tough. I mean, you do you have mentors? I mean, how do you keep how did you keep things going when you were first starting out? Uh, I would do workshops. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and there's and and that's something too. You don't have to spend a lot of money to do an acting workshop. There's right. there's stuff in junior colleges. That that's that's one of the things. There's there's stuff through through Actors Access to the the. Uh, uh, Backstage West, I think, is still. I haven't seen it in a while, but I believe yes. that that publication still exists. Oh yes. Um, and and there's 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 things in there, but I would say just find some place where you can work out, for lack of a better term. Yes. Um, and and that's what I'm saying. That there's workshops that you can just do that. There's there's theater companies you can join with, but not very much money, or sometimes not a, no money at all, and just to be involved with the process of. of doing things and, and doing classes and things like that. But that's one thing I think that's very, very helpful yeah. just to keep doing something. Or you know, even we used to get together, and, and this is some time ago, but uh, we would invite casting people over to come and see our work, just some of my friends that, that were talented and, and you know, just to have the opportunity to work together. And, and we felt very, very comfortable with, you know, within the group of people that were there that anybody could work with anybody and do a good job. Right. Uh, whether the casting people were there or not, it's just the idea to get out and work, mm-hmm. to, to do something. Yes. That, to me, is, is very helpful. Right. You know what I did not ask you, and I want to, hmm. uh, audiobooks. You yes. work in that a lot, don't you? Yeah, I do. Actually, I have to start one uh, when we get off the phone. I get about oh. half an hour later, I'll start a new one. Um, yeah, I've been doing that for mm, maybe nine years, something like that now. And uh and it's it's been another that's just another wonderful uh, opportunity for people to find work um, right. because there's no one type of audiobook voice. Yes. There's so many different genres of audiobooks from from children's to young adult to you know, nonfiction to romance to I mean, it just goes on and on sci-fi etc. Any any particular idea there there's different kinds of voices that work for these different things. So it's it's another realm of, of potential work. I've just been. Very fortunate. 
I received some awards and congratulations. Uh, That's great. Thank you. Yeah, I was listed as one of the best voices for nineteen for nineteen for two thousand fourteen. Um, by uh, Audiophile Magazine, which is the, kind of the Bible a, of the industry. Yes, that's a biggie. Yeah, so that was that was very kind of them, and mm-hmm. and uh, I just finished narrating a, a fascinating book um, that it'll be out. I'm guessing probably beginning of the year, maybe the end of December. Um, it's that? called Imbeciles, and uh, <laughs> it's nonfiction, and it's not funny. <laughs> really? Um, because it it it. Uh, basically chronicles the story of, of eugenics in the United States. Oh. And eugenics uh, is the, uh, the uh, desire to uh, improving the race, uh, to, to eliminate those within the world that are, that are not worthy of, of being around, basically. In that, in that time, in the 1920s, that could be um, anyone that was listed as feeble-minded, mm-hmm. that was uh, epileptic, that might have had a problem with their hearing, might have sight vision problems, uh, any number of reasons that they would find to sterilize these people. Awful. And oh. a lot of the times not even telling them what was being done, lying to them. Ugh. And and so it's been swept under the rug so magnificently that very few people are aware of you know what we did back then, mm-hmm. um, which is, in the imbeciles, the reason it's called imbeciles is there was a, a, a person that came up with three levels of, of intelligence rating for people that were not considered real bright. In the beginning would be uh, imbeciles were from a, a mental age of three to five years old. Okay. And then uh, idiots, <laughs> stepping up to idiots. Uh, actually, the other way around, I think. Uh, idiots was the first level. And then and imbeciles was five to seven. And then morons was seven to ten. And so that's so yeah, exactly. it's magnificent, <laughs> and, and a lot of these determinations were made by people being given what a test called the Binet Simon test, right. which was actually had nothing to do with uh, with rating intelligence whatsoever. But yet they were utilized for that purpose, giving it to people that are coming in uh, to Ellis Island who could barely speak English and, and determining their supposed intelligence based on the fact that they're given a test that they did. it made no sense whatsoever, and it was not supposed to be designed. To determine intelligence. Well, it was the 1920s. It went all the way. Go ahead, sorry. You said it was the 1920s, right? Yeah, it went all the way to the Supreme Court because there was one case. They needed a a test case, so they sterilized a young woman that was in one of these uh, uh, institutionalized colonies Mm -hmm. and then took the case to the Supreme Court to see if it was okay. And lo and behold, the Supreme Court said, sure, no problem. They agreed. (sighs) So it was deep and and so deep that. the Nuremberg uh, trials in, in Germany after World War II, yes. um, the Nuremberg trials, some of the, uh, the German, uh, the, the Nazi uh, uh, staff said that they got their ideas about uh, purifying the race through the United States eugenics programs. Oh, that's awful. It isn't. Oh, I mean, it's just like, geez. and you never know about this. No. So that's why it's such an no. important book. And it's, uh, it's uh, I think it's Adam Cohen, I believe, is the author, and it's called Imbeciles. But it's, it's fascinating, and I, I think it deserves it. to be made into a film because it's just an amazing story. It does sound like a film. Yeah, no, big time. Um, Un- so, unfortunately, we have to wrap up, but what is your website, or how can people contact you or find out more about you? Let's see, the simplest thing, uh, I'll just give you an email for the time being because the website is still, in, and I'm playing games with it right now or vice okay. versa. Um, it's uh, Dan underscore speak. Mm-hmm. S-P-E-A-K at hotmail.com. Okay. And um, they and they can also go to the uh, uh, IMDB site. Yes. Um, and I have a, something there as well, I believe. You do. I looked <laughs> you busted. up. <laughs> okay, good. There's a couple things there. Um, 
yeah, in the in the process of adding more things to that as well. So perfect. And I did put your bio on my blog, which was getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. Sweet. All right. It was great chatting with you. Hopefully, I'll meet you sometime. I'm here. In yeah, Washington. that would be great, Janine. I appreciate that. And sorry, I was so long-winded and give you a chance. No, to talk no, much. it was perfect. It was really great. <laughs> I thank yeah. you so much for taking the time to call in. I know you're busy. No, my pleasure. Thank right. you so much. All right, have All a right. great Monday. You do the same. All right, bye. Thank you. Bye now. That was actor Dan Warren. If you missed any part of this, it will be up on my blog uh, after I wrap at ten. Let's take a quick break, and uh, then you'll. We'll have some more Get the Funk Out show. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.